0: Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and it's Saturday, which means I'm here with Sarah on one of my favorite dates. Yeah. Hello, everybody. 111. I love that. I mm-hmm. love November 11th, 111. It's just a day, but like just seeing that number just reminds me about possibility and kind of checking in with myself. So happy 111, everybody, for sure. We're going to do a giveaway today. We are going to give away a bottle of mood. <laughs> I think I legitimately texted you on Thanksgiving thanking
1: you, you for mood and introducing me.
0: What does it do for you? Because I've noticed a different benefit in pregnancy, but just wondering, like, what do you notice when you take it? It's just, a, it's just an herbal supplement. It just kind of chills me out. Just it,
1: it pauses my reaction to things.
0: Mm. I know for me, I take it, and I think I've said this before on the show, I take it when I have one of those moments. I'm actually having one of those moments right now, so I need to take it before we go to lunch. Um, where I'm just like, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> no matter, not you, you, Sarah. But right now it is my insurance company and I just want to punch him in the face. And it just, it makes it kind of less urgent, less dramatic, less intense mm-hmm. for me. It definitely isn't something that like puts me yippy skippy like I just had like an upper it just takes the edge off whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what we're giving away today. And I'm pretty sure that's like a $60 product. Yeah. It's close to that. Mm-hmm. If not high 50s, low 60s. So we are going to give that away at the end of the show. And you can win next week by any one of these three ways. Or if you do all three, you get three chances to win. The first is leave a rating and review of the podcast in Apple Podcasts. The second is leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. And the third is just post on Facebook or Instagram, tag me, and share an episode that you loved or something that you learned from a particular episode. And keep your questions coming. I think most of these questions come in as people join our free Primal Potential Facebook group, which we'll link up in the show notes. But people also email in their questions or share them on social media. We love getting your questions. And today, We've got a wide variety of topics, at the end of which we will share who is getting a free bottle of mood in the mail from us. Let's get into the questions, shall we? Because we're going out for lunch after this. We shall. Let's go. I would love your opinion
1: on tracking body composition and weight. I'm working with a counselor who wants me to avoid numbers altogether as she thinks I try to over-control these variables. However, I believe that avoiding these numbers is hiding from them. You once said, avoidance isn't refuge in the 12 weeks to transformation, and it's always stuck with me. I think it's important to train myself to be able to face the numbers and have an objective, non-dramatic response to them, regardless of what they are. I also think it's important to have an objective measure of progress so I can reevaluate whether or not what I'm doing is working. On the other hand, I also feel a reasonable amount of stress at the thought of letting go of numerical measures of progress altogether. So
0: maybe she's on to something. What are your thoughts? I think everybody's different here, and I'm really glad we're talking about this because whether we're talking about numbers on the scale or the circumference of your waist, or we're talking about the balance in your savings account or on your credit card, right, there is there is a camp of people who like obsess about those numbers and there's a camp of people who avoid them altogether. And I really don't think the numbers are the issue. I really don't think that it's a matter of, do I value the numbers? Do I not value the numbers? Do I avoid the numbers? Do I not avoid the numbers? But like, do I have a healthy mindset about this? You know, um, when it comes to very specific to body composition, Scale number is a really terrible indicator of that. Because we could have somebody who is 240 pounds and 5'10", and somebody else who's 240 pounds and 5'10", with vastly different body composition, and the number is exactly the same. The number doesn't really tell us what is going on, because we could have uh, an athlete who's 5'10", 240, totally ripped, super low body fat, really high muscle, and we could have somebody who's 5'10", 240, and very, very little muscle, and a tremendous amount of excess body fat. The number doesn't tell us that. With that said, I think there's value in not being emotionally manipulated by any data, right? Whether that is sales, whether that is the number on the scale, whether that is the number on your credit card statement when it comes in the mail, I think that it's a powerful practice to really become emotionally neutral about this and focused on the solution. If I don't like the number, I'm just going to get to work and changing it, Right? When it comes to body composition, though, it has to come with this idea that it's not telling the total version of the story. Even if we talk about, oh, my weight is up two pounds from yesterday and I just feel awful about that or five pounds from last month and I feel awful about that. Well, did you consider that maybe you're retaining water? Maybe you're constipated or just more constipated than you were yesterday when you weighed. Um, you haven't had a good bowel movement. You've had more sodium. The weight is not reflective of fat versus muscle exclusively. It's it's related to so many things. It is related to hormones because they influence if we're retaining water or if we're releasing water. Uh, it is It is related to, as I mentioned, bowel movements. You know, you have two or three big bowel movements in a day and you hop on the scale. If you feel better about yourself, well, it doesn't have anything to do with the size of your waist necessarily. I don't think it's wrong to avoid the numbers so long as if and when you see them, you don't go off the, off the rails. So for example, you could very well say, you know what? Like I'm just, I'm going to pay attention to how my body looks and how my body feels and not what the scale says. But then if two months later you go to the doctor, you get on the scale and you're like in tears on the way home or you're feeling like, you know, it's the end of the world, you didn't win by staying off the scale. That's what I mean when I say avoidance isn't refuge. Sure, you can refuse to look at your bank balance, But seeing the number doesn't make it any less real. The beautiful thing about body composition is that there's so many different ways to assess it. You can assess it by looking in the mirror. You can assess it with measurements. You can assess it with how your clothes fit and a million other ways. Ultimately, if you lack emotional stability on seeing data, that's where you have an opportunity to, to work and to grow and to improve. I don't think we need to know our number on the scale or know the circumference of our waist to be healthy. We do have to be paying attention. But I think if you are not emotionally stable to any degree when confronted with any number, that you've got some work to do there. Those are my thoughts.
1: What are some physically actionable activities to ride out
0: cravings? I'm going to not answer this first, and then I'm going to answer that. I don't believe in distraction as a strategy. So to me, you could distract yourself, right? But I don't think that is necessarily the right approach to cravings. I find that most people have success when they acknowledge the craving. Like, that would be really great. But number one, am I hungry? Is that going to make me feel my best? Is that the choice I want to make? It kind of goes back to what the last question said in terms of avoidance isn't refuge. Avoiding the craving is not refuge. I think we have way more power when we face it head on. What is it that I'm craving and, and why? Is it that I'm stressed out and I want to escape from that? Is it a particular hormonal cycle? Is it a a deficiency? But then what am I going to do with it? What do I want to do with it? Do I need fuel right now? Or do I just feel like eating? Is that a pattern I want to reinforce? Any physically actionable activity to directly answer the question can be done here. You can vacuum your floors. You can go for a walk. You can knit. You can do anything. But avoidance isn't refuge. I don't think that the distraction is what's really powerful here. Looking at what you're craving, why you're craving it, and then asking yourself, is this who and how I want to be? Does this take me towards my goals? Realizing that the craving has no power is probably a more productive strategy.
1: How do I stop self-sabotage and procrastination from keeping me from identifying what I truly want in my life?
0: I'm going to read this a second time, because my first thought is these things have nothing to do with each other unless you convince yourself that they do. How do I stop self-sabotage and procrastination from keeping me from identifying what I want in my life? Well, here's the deal. I think procrastination can keep you from creating it, but procrastination is not going to keep you from identifying it unless you're choosing to just not sit down and identify what you really want. And that's as simple as decision. But you can procrastinate all day long and know what you want if you are delaying the act of identifying what you want, then put it on the calendar. And in fact, maybe do it with a friend. I remember, I think it was right before you came on board, Sarah. My recollection is that we went to a place in Hyannis for like lunch or something like that. Do you remember? It was whenever I gave you the book, I think. Yes, I remember. And we were talking, I think, about like goals What do you, you know, what do you want to do this year? Like, what are you working towards? That sort of thing. Because at that point, you were still at your previous job. Mm -hmm. And we had a conversation about if you'd leave, when you'd leave, the ups and the downs. Do it with a friend. Have a conversation about, like, what you want to do and what you're excited about. I think that's a really powerful way to hold yourself accountable to identifying it. But if it's not identifying it that's the problem and it's creating it, then I would say go back to the January 2nd episode. I believe it's 7.02. And there's a series of questions that will not only walk you through the process of identifying, but also help you identify the action steps that you can take. And that's that's what I would say if action is the problem. Go back and listen to the January 2nd episode. I'd
1: love to hear tips for facing the plateau. After sustained effort, there is a point where the scale seems stuck or broken. How do you maintain focus, have the positive belief that it will
0: happen with sustained effort? I think this starts with acknowledging that at every juncture of life, in every single pursuit, in every area of life, whether we're talking about finances or business or health or relationships, there's going to be periods of flatlined progress. That's just the way it goes. Like, have you experienced that in your own business, Sarah, that like sometimes things are going really well and sometimes things are just steady and sometimes things aren't going well? Without a doubt. Yeah. And the same thing happens in relationships. Sometimes you're like, we're doing really, really well. Like, I feel like our communication's improving. Other times, you know it's just a dumpster fire and you're, you're holding on. And other times it's like it's kind of status quo. So if you come at any situation in your life knowing that there will be those seasons, seasons of growth, seasons of decline, seasons of steadiness, then it's not like we have to psych ourselves up. We just want to respond to it. This is where I believe that stripping away the drama is such a great practice. So you're not making progress. Great. Let's do something to create progress. Let's change something. When it comes to weight and everything, there's a million levers to adjust. Can I switch up the timing that I'm eating, the amount that I'm eating, the types of things that I'm eating, the ratio of fat to protein to carbs? Can I add in more movement? Do I need to reduce stress? What if I get more sleep? All of those different levers can be pulled. It's not like, okay, hang in there and keep trudging along. Switch something up. Just like when business has flatlined a little bit, we can be like, oh my God, I'm so unmotivated. Or you can get motivated to get back on the results train. This is mindset, 100% mindset. In a relationship, you can feel super bummed out that like, It's just kind of boring, or you can get excited about making it fun again and making it spicy again. This all is about the way that you see it. I know that there will be these seasons of growth. There will be seasons of non-growth, and there will be seasons of decline. My role is to always be taking action to create the result that I want.
1: What are your thoughts on nut consumption? I absolutely love them, so if you are pro-nut, when would be the best time to
0: eat them, and with what? This makes me want to giggle. Me too. (laughs) Are you pro-nut? I am (laughs) pro-nut. Are you? Very pro-nut. Good. I am firmly in the pro-nut camp. Um, Okay, so this is kind of like when we're we're not being playful and we're talking about like nuts, you know, well, real nuts, you know, edible, well, I can't go anywhere good with this. Um, Food. Style nuts. It's like saying, Are you pro vegetable? Every vegetable is different and every body is different. So, there was a period of time where I didn't have the bacteria, and I've talked about this on the podcast, to metabolize oxalates. And certain types of bacteria break down the oxalates so that they don't cause any sort of um, uh, inflammation or any digestive issues. And I didn't have those bacteria. So, Almonds contain oxalates and spinach contains oxalates. So during that time, I dialed back, pretty much almost completely eliminated almonds and spinach and other foods with oxalates, really worked on building my microbiome to repopulate those bacteria that metabolize oxalates. And now I more regularly eat almonds, but I don't like spinach, so I don't have spinach a whole lot. So it's not a yes nuts, no nuts when we're talking about this particular thing, Sarah's smiling at me. Um, It's really about what nuts, (laughs) How, how many nuts, and who are the nuts for, right? People are sensitive to different things and your body needs to be your guide here. I don't think there's any magic to like what time to eat them or with what to eat them. I don't think that really matters very much. Uh, but I do think that every nut is different, and that's certainly true in my family. Every nut has their their own special flavor, but macadamia nuts are very different from almonds, and almonds are very different from cashews, and peanuts aren't nuts. Peanuts are legumes, so that's entirely different, but it comes down to you and your body. I wish that I could be like, these nuts are good, and these nuts are bad, but that's not how it goes. Everybody is different. Every Season of health and season of life is different. Can you tolerate it? Are you somebody who, when you open up the thing of macadamia nuts, you've just eaten a pound in 20 minutes? Maybe, maybe macadamia nuts aren't the best thing for you to be snacking on right now, you know? Or are you somebody who eats almonds and they upset your stomach? Well, guess what? Almonds aren't for you, but they might be fine for the next person. There's so much individually, there's just no general answer to this question, some people are going to do better uh, with sprouted kinds of, of products or uh, with raw versus roasted. People are going to do better with soaked versus not soaked. And they might have different responses with different nuts. This is where I say let your body be your guide. There is no one size fits all answer across the board here. And even what is true for you now might not be true for you in a year. Or six months so sorry that there's not really a black and white answer on nuts but fact is there's not really a black and white answer on much of anything and that's the beauty of it we're all super different that was fast that was super fast was I talking really fast I don't feel like it was any different throw out a random question right now on the spot ask me something Ooh, what are you craving right now for food mm-hmm. grilled cheese
1: Ooh, is that something that's
0: been going on for a little while or just like today? No. Well, maybe like a month, but I didn't have a kitchen until very recently and I wasn't finding grilled cheese on any restaurant menus unless it was like some weird thing with lots of different bells and whistles that I didn't really want. Like Mm -hmm. I just want like a super simple grilled cheese. That sounds so good. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. What are you excited about in your life right now?
1: I'm excited about a new year mm. and a fresh start. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like a clean slate. Ask me one more. Okay. Um. Well, when this airs, you're, you are about a month away from baby. Yeah. What are you most nervous about?
0: Being a really great mom and being a really great businesswoman mm. and doing both things Exceptionally well, and not being average at either. Yeah. I know how to go all in on work. I know how to pour myself into that. That's all I've done for the last six years or so. Um, I don't want to be any, hell, I want to be an even better businesswoman as a great mom. I don't want to be less of a businesswoman to be more of a mom. So, I know that that's something I'll only be able to kind of figure out as I go, but that's that's the worry. I don't I don't worry about keeping the little one alive, you know. Um I don't even worry as much about the lack of independence, you know, cuz I'm very much a get up and go. But between the help I have here and my family I feel like you just kind of adjust and and we did that with Rumi. There's no doubt about it that when Rumi came on board, there's less flexibility and we kind of have to figure that out, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it changed things, mm-hmm. you know, even though it was like okay, and I know you can't just leave a baby in the crate and you know go out um and a baby will be different, but I just trust our ability to To ask for help, to accept help, to be creative, um, to communicate about what our needs are—that doesn't make me nervous. But like, the work piece of it, only because I I know that I can't figure it out ahead of time. Yeah, as much as I would love to, right? um, That's sort of where I'm like, what's that going to look like, especially in the first three weeks when the baby's here? Because unlike a lot of people, there's no maternity leave for me. Mm -hmm. So those first few weeks. And what's it going to look like? And timing and all of that is kind of like, ugh. Yeah, I was just thinking about the timing piece because you can't predict when she's going to come. No. But you're my backup person if I need a ride to the hospital.
1: I, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll be ready for
0: you. I'm yeah. here for you. When we had that conversation, it was so funny. Sarah was like, so what's the deal? Like, do you have a bag? And who needs to be contacted? And, da, 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 da. and I was like, I don't know. And which hospital are we going to? Yeah. That one I'm clear on. Yes. But the rest of it, like, what are you going to pack? And what do you need? And who needs to know? I was like, eh, yeah. I'm going to bring some clothes for me and some snacks. Yeah. The rest will fall into place. That's right. But I'm I'm excited. I know we've said this a number of times, but it gets more and more and more real that there will be like a wee one in this space with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was an interesting adjustment with the puppy. It'll be an even bigger adjustment with the baby. That's right. But he's gotten better, so Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's been a huge improvement. (laughs) Dramatically better. We were sitting here earlier and Rumi just like fell off the chair like in grand fashion, collapsed onto the floor. And I was like, Oh buddy, are you okay? And Sarah's over here, like practically peeing her pants, laughing. He was snoozing for so long. And then just boom. Yeah. All right, everybody. Let's announce today's winner, A Bottle of Mood, which Sarah and I love and I'm totally taking before we go to lunch here in a few minutes. This winner comes from Apple Podcasts. They left a five-star review of the podcast and it says, this podcast has been revolutionary for me. If you want to change your life, this is a must, full of insight and information on how to get the most out of your life and it will help you get out of your own way. I love that. And that came from Jackie Dunphy. Jackie Dunphy, you get a bottle of mood, and you're going to thank us for it. Like, I want to know. Mm-hmm. I want to know after you've taken it a couple times. And, and I will say this. I don't take it every day. You don't either. No. No. I, I take it maybe a few times a month. I could take it every day, mm-hmm. but I just don't feel the need to. Same with me. Yeah, so that is going your way, Jackie Dunphy. All you got to do is email Sarah at com S-A-R-A-H, within the next 60 days. Otherwise, it goes in our basket of things we get to enjoy, and we would not be mad about that one. No, nope. Yeah, not even a little bit. If you want to win, three ways to do it. We give something away every single Saturday. It's always something that we love and enjoy. You can leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and why not, right? It takes freaking 10 seconds, and you could win something like – it's worth 60 bucks. Exactly. Right? Do it. I know. You can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or you can post on Facebook or Instagram. Tag me and just share an episode that you've loved or something that you've learned from it. What are you doing this weekend?
1: I don't know. Um, I'll definitely be working. Yeah. I think just work this weekend. That sounds fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you?
0: Baby stuff.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: I, I have been traveling so much as of when we're recording this that um, just whatever I can in the chaos of the renovation to get some order around baby stuff. And oh, thank you cards. Oh, yeah. I'll be writing out thank you cards this weekend for baby stuff.
1: At what point do they suggest that you start packing a bag? Because maybe that should be on your list this weekend.
0: Maybe, but I think that would take me like three minutes. All right. Yeah. But yes, you're probably right. That should be ready to go. I won't need a suitcase for anything else from here on out, which is crazy. Yeah. Because I usually have the suitcase like on rotation. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Keep sending in your questions. If there is anything that we can do to support you, anything you want to hear our two cents on, anything at all, send it our way. We love doing these episodes and we will chat with you very soon. Take care.